Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work because business is personal. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again this week. We are so excited to be bringing you this podcast. And today we are going to talk about the concept of psychological safety. We do a lot of change management and for a while we were seeing that some teams were really, really great at getting stuff done and accomplishing their goals. And some teams just weren't as great at it. And so I set out to try to find out why some teams were really good and some teams weren't and I didn't understand it. But it turns out Google had already done a study. I thought I was onto something amazing. They'd already figured it out. Uh, And so I looked at this Google study where they set out on a quest to build the perfect team. And so they wanted to know what made teams high performing and all of the same questions that we were having, they looked at. So they looked at data sets like how much of a male-female mix is there? What kind of background do these people have? Is it education level? How often do they socialize together? Do these people eat lunch together? Do they have the same hobbies? Are they shy or outgoing? And they looked at all of this different data points for all of these different teams. But the crazy part is, no matter how they arranged the data, they couldn't find a pattern for which teams were going to be high performing and which ones wouldn't. They even had one case where the teams were virtually the same data points, but they had radically different results when it came to accomplishing goals. So what they came to the conclusion was that it, it is this concept of psychological safety that makes a team successful or not. And psychological safety is how open are you able to be within that team? Do you feel like you can say what's on your mind without getting shut down? Do you feel like there's the freedom to ask questions and explore different avenues for things without being judged and with people just being able to hear one another? Is there mutual respect and is that a part of the group dynamic? So that's what we're gonna discuss today. We're gonna talk about how you can understand psychological safety a little bit better and how you can build that on your team. So um, Don, is there a way that you have ever seen psychological safety in action or or what do you wanna talk about with us today? That sounds real dumb. It does. (laughs) Let's not do this one. <laughs> Can you do better next time? This is stupid. Let's skip it. Um, Let's just skip this one. I'm, this is this is my worst nightmare. This is, my worst. this is a good example. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Just kidding. Yeah. So sometimes we like to share stories that give you some insights uh, into what it's like to be a consultant from our perspective, because we get to work in lots of different organizations. We get to jump from team to team and you see the different uh, themes that occur. You see what, uh, you know, every team is a little bit different and unique. 
but we were with one team and it was an executive team and we were sitting and we were talking about, you know, what makes a great team. And it was one of our first meetings with them. And I asked the question and I said, you know, sometimes we don't really get along. You know, what are some of the areas that maybe we don't get as much along in on this team? And everyone just quietly looked at each other. And they just kind of, I, I would be, you know what? I'll even back off of that. They didn't look at each other. They kind of looked like blankly down at their papers. Like they're not going to look at each other. And you get, you pick up on that. Like, I'm just going to sit, sit down here quietly and try not to get noticed. And I said, you know, it's okay. Even the healthiest teams like have some conflict. I mean, do you guys, are there times when you guys don't get along with each other? And they're just dead quiet, dead quiet, dead quiet. And finally, one person in the front says, I think we all get along great. And I've said, really? Oh, that's great. I mean, I know you guys get along. That's that's fine. But aren't there times when you guys don't don't agree with each other? And they said, nope, everything's fine. Now, from the consultant's perspective, I'm sitting there listening to this, going like, does that feel like they get along great? Like, are they are they really get along, and everything really is fine? I mean, even the best families they fight with each other sometimes, right? There really is conflict there. When I read that situation, I know that psychological safety is lacking. Uh, I was doing a presentation with a large group of executives, and it was from multiple areas together. And I just said that we were talking about engaged employees, disengaged employees, and toxic employees. And I said, how many of you have engaged employees that work for you? And everyone raised their hand. And that's normal. And I said, that's great. Fantastic. And then I said, how many of you can think of some disengaged employees that work for you? And no one raised their hand. And I immediately go, wow, that's, that's unusual because in the U.S., it's about 50% of employees are disengaged. So then I asked, I said, oh, how many of you have toxic employees that, raise your, that, that, that work for you? And no one raised their hand. No one, they weren't looking at each other. It was that same, like, I'm going to kind of look down. I'm not going to look up. I'm not going to make eye contact. We don't have that. And the, the owner of the company, the, t- the, the chief executive officer who was in there, quickly spoke up and said, now, we don't allow toxic employees in this company. So we don't have any toxic employees anywhere in our company. We make that very clear that we don't accept that. Yeah, it's a good rule. But it's a good rule. It's a good rule. Just put that rule into place, and it'll solve everything for you, right? Brilliant. But looking around the room, I realized immediately, like they probably do have toxic employees. And you know, during the first break, I had a couple people that came over to me and talked to me and said, you know, we absolutely have toxic employees. We need a lot of help. Please help us. But they couldn't bring it up in that meeting because they didn't have the psychological safety. It wasn't set up well for that feedback. Um, another story, quick one of a manager, and this was an individual conversation versus even a team. Um, a, an employee had made an error at work and it impacted their customer. And so the manager decided, okay, I'm going to confront the employee with this, rightfully so. And they called the employee into the office and the employee sat down. And they said, okay, I noticed that you made this mistake and that really had a negative impact on this customer. And the employee said, yes, I saw that. I feel terrible about it. I really want to make it better. I want to do better. And the manager said, so how do you think that made the customer feel? And the employee says, oh, I think they felt awful. And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm, I, that is completely unacceptable. I want you to write me a 10-page paper on how that impacted the customer, how the customer must have felt, how the customer went through their day after that interaction with you. And I want you to just really write it from the perspective of the customer. And I really want you to do this. And then I'm going to have you read it 
in front of the rest of the team tomorrow in our team meeting, our all team meeting. Is this true, Everyone, This, this is, is a, a true story. Absolutely. True story. <laughs> I think we should be clear before you start talking about this is an example of what not to do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. Do not do this. Okay, do not That's do this. I'm writing that one down. So, right. so, and this, this, I mean, I've been working with this team for a little while. Um, and, and the manager did not come to us and say, how shall I handle this? The hand manager was very proud about how they handled this one. Um, mm-hmm. But I'd worked with this employee who had made this mistake. And this was a really good employee. This was a conscientious employee who was very engaged in their job. Um, and so the next day, you know, I heard about it and I tried to intercede and I called the manager and I said, well, I think that's, that is not a good way to do this. This is not a, that, that is not going to make your team feel good. That's not gonna make that employee feel good. I think that person was owning the mistake. You know, there's all these things and the manager's like, no, 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 I think this is going to be great. Our team needs to hear this. So the next day, and I actually attended the meeting, uh, the, the employee stood in front of the rest of the team and read this paper that she wrote about how. This, the, this impacted the customer and it was super emotive. I mean, she was crying while she was reading it. It was awful. It was awful. That employee over the course of the next two weeks was totally disengaged, totally shut down and then and ended up quitting. And we saw about three or four people who were also in that meeting quit within a, that month. I'm surprised uh, she didn't show up with a resignation letter instead of the paper that was asked of her. Right. Oh, I, I am too. And it shows to me like how engaged she was at the beginning. Cause she kind of wanted to like, she almost felt like she was so engaged. I think for her, there was a little bit of legitimacy in what was there. Like, okay, I, I need to, I guess I need to do this because that's what the company's asking me to do. Uh, but it, it just, it, it broke her. Um, you know, in a way from terms of how she felt about the company, uh, it, it, it was a form of abuse. And I, I mean, yeah. I, it, it was awful to sit there and, and see that happen and see that watch. And I tried to do everything I could early to intercede. I still, when I tell the story, I still wish there were more things I could have done. And I thought a lot about that situation, looking back uh, of what could I have done differently within that story. But you know, that psychological safety, we need people to feel like they can mess up sometimes. And we need people to feel like we're not perfect and that we can share things and, and, and have some grace for each other. Whenever we create a situation where we don't have that, you know, you might not get conflict or you might not hear conflict, uh, but boy, it, it sure creates disengagement and misalignment over time. Well, and that's going to be the first question that I kind of wanted to talk about. I think those are, are great illustrations of what it is. You know, you set the set the stage well, Diana and Don here, with psychological safety and this idea of it. Psychological safety is a real thing. You might not have labeled it as such just yet, but you probably understand whether or not you have it or not. So let's talk about let's talk about our feelings for just a second, shall we? Um, <laughs> first question that I want to pose back to the team is: What does psychological safety feel like? I I mean, we just heard a couple of examples of where psychological safety was not there. Uh, and and here's the reality. Some of you were probably, you know, shifting unsteadily in your seats, even hearing Don explain that you were unsafe and you weren't even in the room uh, at that mm-hmm. time. But but what does psychological safety feel like, Bethany? Um, yeah, I was thinking. So actually, Don, you had another example, not to throw in another, you know, we could just do story after story. But there is a local organization here in town called Leadership Springfield. And Don was just talking about they had one of their retreats this week. And, you know, you were just talking 
thinking about how um, that group was interacting during that time. And, and, and I think psychological safety is just that feeling when like, for lack of a better word, everyone is like vibing. (laughs) So they feel comfortable talking to each other and sharing ideas, and they're not afraid to disagree. And it just, you know, that and even if they do disagree, like, adds to the collaboration and deepens the relationship. Um, and that's, I think that's when you know you have psychological safety with, with a person or with a group. That's a great example, Bethany, because like when that class, what, what that does is you're bringing together community leaders and many of them haven't met before. So early in the discussions, you're starting to bring up challenging topics on the community and they're just being very friendly with each other, but listening, but not really challenging things. And then as the relationships build, they start to challenge each other. They start to dive in deep and they really start to dig and it really opens up and you're right it, it, the, the team vibes together uh, right. and they start to have really good discussions and that's when really good solutions start to come out yeah so so if they're vibing if the conversation is good i think that would be an example of psychological safety so if they're participating uh, there what else does psychological safety feel like well i know that we're a, a very tight team and i'm gonna speak for all of us so you know don't disagree with me right now <laughs> um <laughs> I think our team feels very psychologically safe because we we do say whatever we want and we don't hold back and we can say it however we want to say it. And we know that people are going to hear hear kind of our hearts and not just our words. And so I think there's not a whole lot of judgment on our team, even if it comes out wrong or if you say something harshly, it just sort of they just hear what you're trying to say and not what you actually say. I think that's a great distinction. You know, if, if Don and Bethany are talking about they were just vibing, man, really collaborating. Diana kind of goes a different way with it there and uh, saying, you know what, if I don't agree, psychological safety looks like I can still disagree in a healthy conflict kind of way. Yeah. Um, and nobody's going to take offense. Don, your, your example of where um, kind of a team do you have? How do we all get along? And after much silence, it was, you know, I think we all get along great. Was that what I was supposed to say? Right. Yes. We all get along great. Um, you know, those types of things because they're not, they don't feel safe bringing up that. So I think, I think psychological safety looks like I am able to contribute and collaborate in a creative way. I'm also be able to push back, uh, in a healthy conflict way. If I, if I feel like I need to do that too. So, um, again, we, we continue to talk about, you know, employees, managers, business owners, leaders, uh, directors, whatever your, you know, your, your terms are there for your organization. And, and those folks, whoever is facilitating the meeting has a lot of responsibility of creating this psychological safety for their group. So what are some things that we can do to actually kind of help create an atmosphere of psychological safety? Don? I think the first thing is you have to be willing to be a little vulnerable. Um, If you're vulnerable as a leader, if you're willing to admit when you don't know something, or if you're willing to admit when you make a mistake, what you're doing is you're demonstrating to others that they can do the same thing. Um, you, you know, there's there's a there's a movie. It's a Matthew McConaughey submarine movie, U five forty one, I think, or something like that. Um, yeah. that it's out there. I might have the number wrong, but it's it's Matthew McConaughey. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, we're about to hear Matthew McConaughey. I'm not saying I can be Matthew McConaughey, but I'm just saying. <laughs> That's another thing. Let us know what impressions you'd like to hear. Yeah, it's going to be our, our whole. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> 
But it, in the movie, Matthew McConaughey, as a submarine captain, they always say, as a leader of this, you can never make mistakes. You can never have any doubt. You just always have to be out there. And, and it's a terrible message um, for leaders. It's not That's not how leadership, effective leadership really works. If you can show people that you can make mistakes sometimes and that you're going to own those mistakes, you're going to be accountable to those mistakes. I think then your team members start to feel that way too. And it's not that they're going to go make more mistakes because you say that it's okay. It's that now when those mistakes are made, then they have the freedom to be able to address those and to learn from them and to be able to share those and to get better. Uh, I think it starts with vulnerability. Yeah. I think vulnerability is a, is a great term and I, I you know, we'll use uh, humility as well. As far as a leadership trait, I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about that later as well. But one of the best ways, I, I think you're right, to build psychological safety within your team is is for us from coming from the outside in, is for us to challenge a leader to be a little bit more vulnerable and show humility as you are leading that team. And psychological safety seems to be a ripple effect of a humble leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that's that's definitely you know on on the on the uh, list, the recipe list there of how to build psychological safety. So Diana, thoughts? I think there's a lot of ways you can facilitate that. One way is to make sure that everyone has space to talk. I think as a good facilitator and a good leader, you need to kind of watch your room and make sure that the people who are holding back don't hold back. Oh yeah, and nonverbals, huh? Sometimes that's difficult to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah nonverbals. That's great. You're really good at that, Matt. Wow, thanks. <laughs> yeah, those not those nonverbals. I think are are as telling. Maybe the team is not coming right out and saying it, but I think that leads us kind of down a different path too. So if I'm that manager, leader, facilitator of the meeting, I'm probably uh, maybe if I if I feel like they're not participating, I don't know how receptive that that leader is actually being to the nonverbals in the room too. Yeah. You know, it, it actually it takes more than words. We have to read the actions of people as well. Bethany, you had thoughts. Yeah, no, and I think I think you pretty much touched on it, but I think you know one part is just getting in the house habit of asking a lot of questions and asking for opinions, whether that's in a group or whether that's one-on-one. So I think there is a time and space to say, okay, as a large group, like I want to ask for opinions and I want to get, you know, put put some questions out there so that people know that I really do want to hear from them. But also taking time to go to one of your employees one-on-one and say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this. I would really, I would really value your opinion. What do you think? And I think getting in the habit of doing yeah. that so people know that you really do care and you really do want to hear them. And I think over time doing that, I think one-to-one will help encourage people to do that maybe in a larger setting too. And that, that kind of goes back to that vulnerability and humility, being able yeah. to ask those types of questions and be okay with the feedback. And then how do you react to that feedback? Don? Yeah, I also think that, you know, we talk about how managers can lead that too. But, you know, as a team member, I think you have a big impact on uh, psychological safety. Um, It's really easy. And I can think of times in my career where I've made some really bad decisions where I see somebody who makes a lot of mistakes and you start to, you know, you have the behind the scenes conversations of that person always is making mistakes. I can't believe they're on this project. And you start to feed that out there and people can feel that. And that when you communicate that kind of thing about somebody else, even the person you're talking to that you're not talking about is got to be thinking a little bit of like, wow, I hope I don't make a mistake so that this conversation is not about me sometime. So you have to be really careful about what kind of culture you're establishing on your own team, even if you're not leading that team, uh, that that you're accepting of some mistakes. That doesn't mean not being holding accountable. You know, the accountability is this, the following up on the mistake, making it better. Let's, let's own the mistake, let's change it, and let's do something different next time so we can avoid it. But yeah. when the... Uh, when the mistakes do happen, which they are going to happen, uh, how you address 
just those has a direct impact on psychological safety. Yeah, I, I had an opportunity to talk to a business leader, um, and and really it was just kind of they weren't a client of ours, but they just had they a friend of mine and had some questions, and and he was trying to understand. Uh, I really do want critical feedback from my team. I want critical feedback from my team, and so you start off by you know the easy part is well, have you asked them? Uh, okay, so we created kind of an agenda item for his team, and and yeah, let's clear a space. Um, you know, guys, tell me what am, what do you think I could be doing better? Those those types of things. And came back a few weeks later, and they said they're still not giving. They're giving me nothing. Like they're giving me nothing. It's quiet. Um, and I said, you know, I, I wonder if it's this. And Don, I don't know if this is what you were just touching on, but I said I wonder if it's this. Whenever somebody does give you a piece of critical feedback, which I had I had done before, but I was you know from the outside and I was a friend, I wasn't an employee. Whenever somebody does give it, give you critical feedback, what is your reaction to that feedback? Because I said, you know, maybe it's not asking the question, it's your reaction to their answer that they're afraid of. Yeah, we sometimes we think that we need to answer the feedback, like we have to address it right away. Right. And so it's like, hey, I don't, I don't think we always do a great job in customer service. And then the leader will say something like, well, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And then, yeah. well, like we had a case where a customer came and they were really upset about this. And then the leader, well, that customer was just being unreasonable right okay who else has some feedback right you know and then the, the team's going i'm not going to give feedback you're just going to tell me why i'm wrong in my opinion on what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. i think yeah. that's great i think that's great for, for leaders to remember too it's it's not the question maybe sometimes that you're asking it's your reaction to their answer that mm -hmm. they're afraid of um and so they, they probably do want to participate but but understanding what your reaction looks like is 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 a thing there too that's everything i think it's so important how you respond to things again as a manager of the team or as a member of the team or as the you know owner of a team or whatever whatever position it is when you when the mistake happens it's the reaction that guides the psychological safety it's not the mistake itself it's the reaction to the response and then can we bring up things and if you brought it if it's brought up but by the way matt too and i think you'd all agree with this it takes time to get there like yeah. like your friend Oh, yeah. You can't just go to your team and say, hey, I've decided we, we're all safe now. You're all cool. Good news. <laughs> we're all just going to click. We made it, everybody. Good job. We did it. <laughs> yeah, you have to build uh, We're going to be safe now. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a while to get there. I think when new members join a team, it changes the dynamic. And so then you have to make sure that they understand that it is safe and, and get to know them and show that vulnerability all over again. Like it just resets the team when stuff happens. Yeah, I think so too. And that was something that I was sort of thinking through with this topic as well, that I think sometimes when you're with a group of new people that you don't know very well um, or, or something like that, yeah, everybody can just be really nice and accepting of ideas and, and stuff like that. They don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But then I think as you get to know people better, um, you actually become maybe more comfortable sometimes and then you aren't worried about hurting people's feelings, but like in a bad way. <laughs> and so I think um, groups can kind of forget that maintaining that safety is important. And so there's a, there's a balance between those two of like, okay, we, we want to just act like everything's okay. And so we're just going to pretend like, you know, we're all happy and we're accepting each other when really like internally we totally disagree. And and then there's the, the other yeah. end of the spectrum too where, okay, we have known each other for a while and so we don't even care how you feel anymore and so we're just gonna you know write everything off and not worry about those those relationships so trying to balance that i think is really difficult i, I took some small group training one time at church a long time ago and they talked about these different levels that teams get at and so if you bring some strangers together in a team they're starting at level one 
you know, and you're trying to work your way up to, and they had a level five. And I'm not going to go through and describe what each of those levels are because I think you can get the idea. But the, you know, the level five is super psychologically safe, feeling great, like really clicking. That team is vibing, super vulnerable with each other. Level one, you know, is a very formal, hey, we're all together, but they're not really courageously reaching out to each other. You can't just on a team tell a team to go straight from one to five. You know, you have to you have to go through every level, every step of the way. And I love Bethany, your point of you can you can get casual sometimes with it and you can knock yourself down a level uh, really easily and by by a negative response um, sometimes even through through jokes or humor you can you can go th- too far a certain direction um, especially if you're a manager of a team I, I cringe a little bit I know I've probably done this before but I cringe a little bit like whenever I hear a manager joking like well of course you're gonna do that because otherwise I'll just fire you ha 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 I cringe a little bit when I hear that um, and, and try not to do it too many times because uh, I think that that risks the team. I mean, you joke around about that, but it, I don't like reminding everybody, yeah. hey, I've got, I really trust you guys right now, but if that ever changes, I got a button right here I can push. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> just so you all know. Oh no. So let me, let me, let's take it to the next step here, but you know, as, as we're kind of reaching towards uh, summarizing just a little bit, but I wanted to touch on one other thing here before we, we uh, maybe started to wrap up. Um, If I am the manager, maybe I'm a facilitator of a meeting and I'm listening to this podcast. Maybe I'm not sold on this whole idea of quote unquote, psychological safety. Like we have jobs to do. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to make you feel good. Right. I have a job to do. You have a job to do. Just go to work. Um, not saying that those people exist, but we do work with them on a regular basis. Hi, I exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let, let, but let's talk about it from this way. Let's see if this, let's see if this doesn't help maybe push us over the mark of, okay, so this is an important thing. If I am, if I am the manager of a team and there is not psychological safety on the team, what type of team do I have? What are they displaying? Don? They're displaying some fear. Uh, I think of it, some, some trepidation of being able to share. Uh, okay. so, that, so that's, that's, it's showing that maybe I'm not doing a great job as I could of leading that team. Yeah. And I think they're not going to collaborate. They're not going to come up with new ideas. They're not going to strive to do anything extra. They're just going to do what they're told. And yeah. while that may sound great and wonderful sometimes right. for people to just go do what they're told, it's not going to innovate and it's not going to change and it's not going to move things forward or drive productivity. Yeah. They're going to have the perception of kind of being stuck a, a little bit there too. Yeah. I mean, we see this a lot with teams that don't have psychological safety. It's not just in the context of a team meeting, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just in the context of, of collaboration. You might see your efficiency is not as productive as it needs to be. Your production is not as as uh, great as it as it as it potentially needs to be you probably if there is not psychological safety on the team you probably have uh, just like diana mentioned a group of employees that are maybe sitting and waiting for your specific direction because they don't want to step out of bounds or out of lines of what it is that you're wanting them to do probably not thinking creatively probably not seeking to collaborate um, and they're probably they're probably in the mold of sitting and waiting uh, for direction. So if you're frustrated about their lack of creativity, if you're frustrated about their lack of participation, chances are psychological safety is an issue 
for the team. And, you know, there's some steps that you could take there too. I think of a team we had one time where we were meeting and they were talking about the different products that they sell. And there was this one product that just as they would talk about it, it looked like they were losing money on it. It looks like it was taking up a lot of their time. It looked like it was a lot of work for it. And it looked like nobody wanted to do it, but nobody on the team was talking about it. So like, as we were thinking about like where they were going to go as a company, we were doing some strategic planning. It was just like this, this thing over here that was off the side and it was weird. You know, and so as a facilitator, I just, I, I saw it and I just said, Hey, why do we do this in the first place? And you could see people kind of just go dead quiet. Like it was suddenly like, that's not a safe topic. Like we can't talk about that. And eventually what happened was the, the, they had a perception that the head of this team really liked that project and they did, but the head of the team, then in the discussion, when they went quiet, the head of the team said, you know, look. I'm willing to put that down if we need to. Like if that's a, if that's an opportunity for us, if that's really getting in our way right now, I'm willing to put that down. I'm not totally Mary does doing that project. And as soon as they said that, the rest of the team like exploded like, "Oh my gosh, thank you. If we put that down, we would make so much more money and we have so much more time and we could focus and that's been such a burden and all that stuff." And they ended up doing it and it made a big shift for the company. Now, you have to realize, Matt, back to your point of this is like it's not you're not coddling employees. It's not about making everybody feel good. It's about taking the ideas that already exist on your team and implementing them. Like the team already knew that they that this opportunity was there for the company. They weren't taking advantage of the opportunity because they didn't feel safe around that specific opportunity. So lots of opportunity for psychological safety. And hopefully we've painted a pretty clear picture of, of the detriment to maybe team dynamics if psychological safety is not there. If you can identify that, if psychological safety maybe is lacking, hopefully we've given you some tangible things that you could potentially do. Um, and if you are on a team uh, where psychological safety exists and you do feel free to collaborate and and bring up ideas and have healthy conflict, I would say consider yourself uh, blessed. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not super, super common for teams to just automatically yeah. have that. So thank your leader uh, if, they have, if they have psychological safety there too. So. Hey, thanks for listening in. Today we had an awesome conversation about psychological safety. When you're in an environment with no psychological safety, it's hard and it creates a culture of fear and distrust. When psychological safety is high, your team will perform at a higher level. And honestly, you'll just enjoy work more. Psychological safety also plays a major role in team dynamics. So some ways to create psychological safety. Number one, allow some room for failure. Two, be willing to explore ideas and ask questions. Three, think about how to respond to feedback and criticism. And the last one is don't forget this is going to require grace. We want to hear from you. So what struggles have you been facing at work and would love for us to cover in a future episode? Be sure to email us at morethanworkpodcast at peopleccg.com. And we so appreciate you tuning in. And so if the feeling's mutual, follow and subscribe and rate our podcast. Also, this episode should be shared with your friends or coworkers. Absolutely. So if you found it helpful, maybe they might find it helpful too. So be sure to share it with them. Hey, thanks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time, and in the meantime, lead well.